Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Indeed, welcome, friends, to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. With the help of our spiritual directors, we are here to encourage and inspire one another along the journey of faith. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today. It's a pleasure to be with you. If you'd like to check out Practicing Catholic, the local Relevant Radio show I host for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, visit us at practicingcatholicshow.com. Well, if you follow the liturgical calendar, then you probably know that today is the Memorial of St. Anthony of Padua. In honor of this great saint, we're going to devote the next hour here on The Inner Life to learning more about him. What do you know about St. Anthony? How can he inspire us to a deeper relationship with the Lord and with his church? Well, let's start out by greeting our spiritual director for the hour ahead. That's Father Sam Martin, who is the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, which is part of the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Father Martin, good to be back with you. Welcome. Thanks, Patrick. It's uh, a great saint, a doctor of the church and all that, and um, we're hoping for lots of calls and uh, all sorts of beautiful stories, because to talk about anybody for an hour, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose I could talk about myself for an hour, but you know, <laughs> Anthony, uh, Anthony is my middle name, so I, uh, when they asked if, we were, uh, if I'd be interested in talking about him, I said, absolutely. He's a yeah. powerhouse of a saint and lives in heaven. Someday, please, God, will meet him, and uh, that'll be part of the communion of saints that we are, by baptism, called to join. So uh, it's good to be with you, Patrick, and all of our listeners today. Amen. Well, we're grateful to have you with us as well. Well, you started down this path anyway, Father, so I'd say we just continue it. Before we dive maybe specifically into the life of St. Anthony, let's just talk about the saints in general. Uh, who are they and why Why is devotion to the saints encouraged in the Catholic Church? Yeah, these are great questions, and we get accused of, you know, some sort of idolatry that, you know, right. we put people on a pedestal or things like that, but um, everybody does it, first of all, you know. I mean, last night they had something on about the Tonys, and then there were other things, and uh, Time Top 100, it was um, uh, a lot of decadence, frankly, and their agendas are really, really you know, rather disappointing. So I only watched a few minutes of each and said, this isn't good for the soul, and I turned it off and called my mom. But um, <laughs> the saints, they are the men and women that... Uh, well, they have completed their course, and they uh, have been recognized for the heroic virtue that they lived in their time and their place. And uh, every one of us, in our hearts anyway, we have this desire to, to live a remarkable life. We may have a different definition of what that entails, but um, maybe one of the definitions of a saint, it was uh, this CCD teacher had her students in the church. They were little, maybe they were second or third grade, and she was pointing out the different things, the statuary and the tabernacle and the altar. And, and then she asked if the kids knew uh, what a saint was. And uh, the little girl pointed to the stained glass window. She said, well, sure, the saints, those are the ones who let the light in. 
And, well, that's not a bad definition, really, theologically, that the light entered us in baptism, that that light is Christ and he dispels darkness. We live in a darkened world. That's, uh, we're all survivors of original sin. And so by baptism is the first experience of the washing away of that sin, but the effects, a concupiscence, a weakened will, the darkened intellect, the uh, suffering is physical and otherwise, uh, and of course death, and that loss of friendship that um, we once walked with the, with God in the garden. And now uh, even the best of us, sometimes we feel unworthy, we feel shame and guilt, we, we feel that maybe God couldn't really love someone like me, when in fact he does, he can't not love us. I mean, he can't be unfaithful to who he is, and uh, he is a loving God, and he can create. He doesn't seem capable of destroying. Even his ancient enemy, the, the devil, he just moves him around. He puts him in some pigs, and they run off into the, you know, the sea and things like that, but he doesn't destroy the devil who was a fallen angel and uh, took many of the other angels with him. But we know that God has sent his own son into the world to, to claim a victory that uh, even sin and death can't destroy now, that we're given a choice, and the choice that the saints made was for Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He saves us. His name means God saves, and uh, he takes that, of course, very seriously. There's a baptism with which he is to be baptized, and he yearns for his completion. So I like uh, St. Augustine's line that um, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. So we all struggle with our temptations and uh, many of us for all of our life it seems but our hope is that with god's help and our own uh, commitment to living the faith the best we can that uh, we can grow uh, that uh, cardinal newman is also a saint he said to live is to change to be perfect is to have changed often <laughs> well uh, change is not easy and i don't think it gets easier as we get older but it is good for us at least when it's the change that conforms our will more to god so a saint uh, a man or woman who lets the light in by the way they lived. They were friends of Jesus, and the world was better for it. Right, right. Well, I think oftentimes in my own life, as well as in the lives of many faithful and devout practicing Catholics around me, I do understand that uh, that this is what we're called to, and I look at the lives of the saints, and in my better days anyway, I'm able to see that, yes, they have lived this life of heroic virtue, and it is something that I can seek to emulate in my life. But so oftentimes it seems, Father, that it's just they are so far beyond what what where I am now, and it's almost as if you know where I ever could be. So, um, any word about the discouragement that might t- be tempting or might be uh, knocking at the door to come in, and as we take a look, especially today, as we look at the life of Saint Anthony, who did indeed live a life of heroic virtue. Maybe at the outset, just a word of encouragement to say, how is St. Anthony and all the saints, how are they models to us and not to, uh, not, you know, beyond, uh, beyond our attainment? Yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing that we put people on a pedestal that, you know, then it's, it's I could never be like that. I mean, that's impossible. Right. And the apostles, they said this about, you know, when Jesus said that, uh, you know, that uh, for the rich, it'd be very difficult to be saved. And then they, you know easier for a camel and, uh, and so forth to get through the eye of a needle. And they said, well, then who could be saved? He said, for man, this is impossible, but not for God. For no- Nothing will be impossible for God. So the tendency to put people in a place that, well, I mean, good for them, but that's, I can never do that. And uh, St. Therese, the little flower, she used to remark about that. She said, if the saint 
Saints came back and read the things that we write about them, they'd say, this is just rubbish. I mean, you missed all the <laughs> drama. I mean, you did, all you got was like, I was born with some preternatural grace that I just, you know, I was a saint from, no, you said, here's a quote from St. Jose Maria, who had a beautiful sense of, um, you know, this, this very insight. He said, let's not deceive ourselves. In our life, we will find vigor and victory, depression and defeat. This has always been true of the earthly pilgrimage of Christians, even those we venerate on the altars. Don't you remember Peter, Augustine, and Francis? I've never liked biographies of saints which naively present their deeds as if they had been confirmed in grace from birth. No, the true life stories of Christian heroes resemble our own experience. They fought and won. They fought and lost. And then repentant, they returned to the fray. That's the the tension that we live in, you know, that uh, we're all somewhere between who we are and who we're going to be. And for better or worse, you know, our decisions, our choices, uh, they define us. They, they start to uh, change um, who we are. We, innately, God put a certain temperament in our soul, uh, uh, certain gifts that were meant to serve him and his people. And, but our choices then uh, are a big part in who we become. So that's uh, the hope is that um, we realize that the saints that are, are accessible, that they are encouraging, like, gosh, I want to be like that. Uh, and this is what has happened to other saints. Ignatius, when he's, uh, you know, recovering from his war injury, they blew up his knee with a cannonball, and he's wanting to read, you know, uh, kind of frivolous books about romance and uh, fame and fortune. All they've got lives of the saints and the life of Jesus. And he's, <laughs> he's bored, so he starts reading this stuff, and then he starts to have this feeling like, gosh, what if I lived like that? What if I became like a Francis or a Dominic? And that was a seed that, God gave the grace so that it grew stronger and stronger. But right. he was a, a passionate man, which means that he had lots of struggles with his heart and his desires and attachments, probably mostly to people more than things. But uh, uh, these are always the, the great adventures that I think we read and discover ourselves. We see ourselves in those stories. And before I forget, there's a guy, Louis DeWall, who wrote probably two dozen of these uh, kind of historical fiction books about the saints, and Ignatius prints them now, and uh, they're just fantastic. The first one I read was about St. Benedict. It's called The Citadel of God, and uh, after I read that one, I was hooked. I read all of them uh, kind of quickly, because I just, uh, every time I'd meet a new friend, somebody that I said, boy, now this is a person I could really uh, enjoy being with. You know, they're just something so human, but so noble, and uh, that's what we need is people that awaken that in us. Sometimes it goes dormant. We just uh, kind of live the way the world lives. As long as I don't shoot anybody, I guess I'm okay, right? Because I'm not as bad as those people. And so we kind of coast, but uh, our lives are worth living, not just existing, but really kind of engaging. And the saints will help us to get to that level. Amen to that. Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, Father Sam Martin from Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, so we're talking about, well, we have been talking about the saints in general, but on this, the memorial of St. Anthony of Padua, let's get into this great saint, this great uh, man of the faith, and who lived according to the faith, according to the Holy Spirit at work within him. So, Father, let's start out. Um, now, There's, I, I have to admit personally that uh, I have not done a lot of research on St. Anthony. I don't know um, a lot about the story of St. Anthony, so I'm as intrigued as anyone else. When I ask you, can you give us a, a brief history of his life? Yeah, I'm glad that you're intrigued. I hope you won't be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I, I know uh, 
but I'm I'm no expert. But uh, you know, fantastic story about a a man who did not live very long. He was just uh, short of 36 years old when he died. This is back, you know, that he was born 1195 uh, in Lisbon. That's in Portugal, of course. And it wasn't long before he he felt this stirring in his heart to serve God in a very radical way. And so he joined the Augustinians. Uh, he could have had a, a worldly life. Uh, he was born into that sort of family, but. He, for some reason, and I don't know exactly what was the first impetus to kind of move toward that more radical way of living, you know, our baptismal promises to, to be in the world but not of the world, which all of us are called to. But um, yeah, and as an Augustinian, you know, I think he was fairly happy. But, um, you know, then all of a sudden he sees these Franciscans, and this is a pretty new order. I mean, St. Francis mm-hmm. had only just gotten this uh, this new way of living the gospel, which was so shocking that uh, they had to have... Um, you know, he had to come to Rome, and they said, where are you getting all this stuff? You know, I mean, you're living so radically. What, what is this all about? He said, it's in the gospel. And, of course, I mean, he was like a second coming of Jesus. He was so beautiful in his witness, uh, and that set the world on fire, a world that had kind of grown tired uh, in lots of ways. Spiritually, was very lukewarm, and, and Francis set the world on its ear. Uh, and so after him comes St. Clair and, and all these beautiful ways of living out the gospel. So when... Anthony, as an Augustinian, sees the Franciscans, he feels drawn to them. And he really wanted to go into the missions, and uh, he really had this desire to die. He saw some Franciscan martyrs, uh, and he just thought, gosh, if I could live like that and die for what I believe. Uh, But then he got into the, you know, so he becomes a Franciscan, and he goes, I think, to Morocco, northern Africa. But he got really sick, and he has to come home. So a lot of his life is... um, pretty common in terms of human existence. Life is what happens uh, between our dreams and our plans and all the things that we had kind of thought we were going to do, and, but never really turned out that way. And, and yet, somehow, we can look back and see the finger of God. We can't always see it at the time, in the present moment. So he had a life very much like that, times where he was just in silence, just kind of praying and reading and studying, but He'd hope to be out on the missions, you know, doing stuff and baptizing and proclaiming uh, this gospel that uh, had so changed his heart. And uh, But God had a, a plan for him. So then one day, I don't know all the details, but um, the Dominicans came and the Franciscans, they were going to have this mass, and nobody knew who was supposed to preach. And they presumed the Dominicans, I mean, OP is their shorthand, yeah. and that's order of preachers, but they said, no, 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 this time it was going to be the Francis. So anyway, they asked Anthony, could you just, you know, impromptu just extemporaneously give us a few words and and uh, apparently he was i think interiorly somewhat reluctant uh you know for his own maybe his own modesty but he gave a homily that uh everyone knew came straight from god and they knew then that this man has a gift and it's a light that should not be hidden under a bushel basket this light needs to shine so from that he was given a task that no other franciscan had ever been given to to teach theology to his brothers, to the other friars, the other Franciscans. And uh, he was a fantastic teacher, but um, really it's his preaching that uh, that set him apart. It was the kind of preaching that uh, inspired, it uh, left people's, well, you know, like uh, on the road to Emmaus afterwards, the disciples, were not our hearts burning within us, you know, as right. he opened the gospel? And, and that yeah. happened when, when Anthony would preach, uh, all of a sudden that just the world was... Um, a different place. The light started to shine in ways that it hadn't before, and and people, there was healing and hope and all sorts of invigoration. So he did that. Uh, he taught uh, theology for you know those years, and then he 
kind of was living as more or less a, as a hermit at the end, uh, just in prayer and in uh, you know, making reparation for his sins and the sins of others. Not that maybe he had any sins, uh, but uh, even so, in, then he had this premonition that it was his time to meet the Lord. And so they brought him back. Uh, they got him to Padua just in time to receive all the last rites, and then he died, and that's where he's buried. Padua was, is a little town up uh, northern Italy, not too far from Venice. He's buried in the big basilica there, and uh, a beautiful place and uh, a beautiful saint, a beautiful life. And he was just made a doctor of the church in 1946, so not that long ago, but he was canonized within about a, a year of his death. Yeah. And, uh, they opened his tomb maybe like, I don't know, three or four hundred years afterwards, and his body, had, you know, like all of us, uh, you are dust to dust, you shall return. Except his tongue, they said, was incorrupt, which I think is very beautiful. That that was the organ That's that, for a lot of us, gets us into trouble. You know, we <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. incorrigible. But for him, he was able to bring a lot of hope and healing in the way his tongue articulated words that uh, were pointing to the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. And uh, those words gave... Um, people direction they gave them purpose meaning and uh now please god they're all rejoicing in the communion of saints in heaven right amen to that and you talk about the tongue and i know even saint james writes in his epistle right about how what a difficult it is to to tame difficult thing it is to tame the tongue and i think that's especially maybe a little bit harrowing for uh, those of us who might be involved in say i don't know relevant radio or <laughs> trying to use the tongue for the sake of the Lord, we need to be always on the watch out, on the lookout for that, uh, I, whether we're involved in the radio or not, or whatever our whatever our task in life is. We're talking with our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, from the pastor. He is the pastor of the Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, part of the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, and we are talking about Saint Anthony of, pa- Anthony of Padua. Do you have any special devotion to Saint Anthony? Do you know something extra about his life that could help inspire and encourage the rest of us on this memorial of St. Anthony? Is he an inspiration to you? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. We'd love to hear from you at 888-914-9149. Or you can also send us an email at innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break in which, uh, if I don't miss my guess, I'm guessing Father Kabicki might help us out with a little saint of the day on St. Anthony as well but we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. A little groove for you here on a Monday morning to get your blood pumping on this Memorial of St. Anthony of Padua. And that's who we're talking about today here on The Inner Life. If you have a special devotion to St. Anthony, if he has answered your prayers in some yeah, very notable way, give us a call. Inspire the rest of us with the story. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our spiritual director today is Father Sam Martin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus in Wausau, Wisconsin. Well, Father Martin, um, you know, you mentioned about St. Anthony being a preacher, and uh, that's actually found in his collect for the day. Uh, it's 
says Almighty Ever-Living God, who gave St. Anthony of Padua to your people as an outstanding preacher and an intercessor in their need. So in what ways was St. Anthony a great preacher, Father? Well, like his uh, his peer St. Francis would say, you know, they go and uh, proclaim the gospel, and uh, if you have to, use words. So the most compelling preaching is... is uh, the way we live, you know, that uh, hopefully people would say there's a person that reads the Bible, there's a person that reads the the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. It just should be clear on some level that um, they used to have a a little thing in schools, Catholic schools, that, you know, caught being a Christian, and it'd be little ways that the kids, you know, had done something that was uh, just a part of the way we should live, the way we look out for each other, the way we, you know, pick up things that maybe it's not our mess, but uh, the way we and go a little bit beyond the, you know, the bare minimum, this, uh, well, uh, we just did what God asked of us. We're just unprofitable servants, but God does ask us to be our brother's keeper and to look after each other in that way. So uh, he was a great preacher first because he was a man of integrity. They lived his faith the best he could. He tried uh, to deny himself. It, it just like St. John the Baptist, he must increase, I must decrease. He was a man of prayer because um, without being in communion with God, and we Sometimes we get into, you know, we, we like to do good, and we start to realize it's so gratifying. And, but if we don't have a, an interior life, that can become uh, self-absorbed. Like, well, look at me, look at what I've done. And, uh, and of course, not that humility is to think less of ourselves, but it's a kind of a, a self-forgetfulness that we're just serving the Lord. We, uh, not that we say, oh, I'm nothing special. No, we are, every one of us, because God made us in His image and likeness. But we're not really thinking about, you know, oh, how does this make me look? Is this uh, do I have the right uh, uh, approach here? Is, is are anybody noticing this? Or, no, it's just we're serving, and we do the same if somebody's watching or if they're not. So uh, to be a great preacher is first our example, but then of course um, they say his homilies were really accessible, understandable. I mean, even a kid could sit and listen, and and that's a, a sign of a good preacher is that the whole family gets something out of it, right? It's not just for the parents or not just for the kids, but Everyone goes home, and they've uh, received something that God intends to give through his preachers, and that can only happen. Not just their study is required. You have to, uh, to know, and, and so we can love better and proclaim what we know, that um, the Dominicans, that was their mantra, to contemplate and then to share the fruits of our contemplation. But first to contemplate, in other words, to have a deep interior life, that do we really know Jesus or just we know a few things about him, but we haven't really met him as a, as a person, a divine person, but one that invites us to a friendship, mm-hmm. one that we're not worthy of, but that he extends as a gift. And he wants to begin that process where we become like him. Yeah, we, we shall see him as he is and be like him for all the ages, is the, the, in the funeral rite, the words that remind us of our final destiny. So uh, to be a great preacher is not something just for, well, I'm not a priest or a deacon, or you don't have to be. I mean, I hope that our lay people living in the world, their job, is, in a way, is one of the most important, uh, to be light, uh, to be salt, to be leavened, to, you know, to kind of bring that gospel, extend the kingdom of God by the way we live. And hopefully, once in a while, we might get caught being a Christian, and uh, then we'd become more like the saints. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and I was uh, reflecting, too, today that uh, the sanctoral reading in the Office of Readings is a sermon by St. Anthony himself. And uh, just to go right along with what you're saying, Father, it's a, he, he said that actions speak louder than words. Let your words teach, 
and your actions speak. So it's not an either or, but it's a both and. And he goes on to say, it is useless for a man to flaunt his knowledge of the law if he undermines its teaching by his actions. So it's a good advice and good, uh, good saintly uh, something, a challenge, I think, to many of us. Let's go to the phones, Father. We've got Anne who's calling in from St. Louis, Missouri. Anne, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Um, uh, Father, I was just wondering, I have from St. Ignatius Press, The Life of St. Anthony, and in there it tells that he was in love with a woman and had a dual or sparing thing with his cousin, who he almost killed, and he promised God as a vow if his cousin recovered, he would be give his, you know, go into the religious life. Is that fiction, or is that any basis to that? And also, I'm 86, I've prayed to St. Anthony since I'm 15. I can't tell you how many miracles I've had through his intercession. So, I'm grateful yeah, to know him. Thank God. I, he's helped me with many, many things, too. And um, like Father Kabicki was saying during the break, I mean, all the lost things, but, uh, you know, those are sometimes more trivial compared to the deeper graces that can come when we're struggling with hope and uh, and and brokenness and so forth. So the story that you mentioned, uh, Anne, is, is news to me, but uh, these things are, of course, eminently possible. I mean, we know that St. Paul, he uh, gave the order to kill St. Stephen, so in, in a way he's got murder on his on his record, at least as an accessory uh, in some sense. And so these things, I don't know his past, and I, uh, when Patrick was setting up the show saying that we're going to hear all there is to know about uh, St. Anthony, he didn't say it quite like that, but uh, I said, well, I'm... I am no expert, and uh, I've not read as much about it. I just I find him to be a saint that, um, because of you know the intercessory power, he's a kind of a go-to saint for us. He's in our consciousness, like as Americans, we also love St. Jude, and he really kind of came into a more prominent position during the, the Great Depression when people were struggling, and uh, so there's a, a shrine to him in Chicago, and, and then all over, we, people just know who St. Jude is, patron of, like, you know, desperate causes or hopeless causes. So if he had some struggle before he had his conversion and then kind of made his, uh, his deal with God, you know, a lot of us would say something similar, that why do you try so hard? Why do you, you know, pray so much? Why do you? Because there's a, a debt to be paid, a debt of gratitude that, you know, the Lord has done everything for me, and I want to in some way show that I see the gift, and I can't repay it but I can show by the life that I'm living that I'm grateful. And if that was a, a part of his life, St. Anthony, then you could see now an extra motivation. But, you know, there's something that I read recently. This is in Virgil's Aeneid, and that goes way back many, many centuries, early uh, Roman Empire, and there was this Queen Dido, and she, um, she says something to the effect that, uh, I have learned misery, and so now I am able to love the miserable. As she went wow. through some, some terrible things, and even as a queen, you'd say, well, I mean, that's... But now she could see people who were poor or struggling or broken or addicted. And, and I think a lot of us, I mean, the Lord, he seems to permit things, not as a punishment, but some have to go through, like, uh, you know, that says the woman caught in sin, that she loves much because she's been forgiven much. And that's true for, I think, a lot of us. that We, we go through things and we wish we could go back and undo those things, but it wouldn't necessarily be a better person uh, standing here, it could be someone that's more proud, or uh, or maybe a little bit more smug about. Uh, well, I have never done that. I mean, how can anybody like you know fall to such uh, depths and so forth? So uh, that may have been 
part of his life. I don't you know, debate that one bit. If it's in a book that sounds like it's a credible book, then it just shows that there's more to St. Anthony than, uh, than I knew, and that's all right, uh, because uh, like St. John says at the end of his gospel about Jesus, that, you know, many more things we could write, but I don't suppose all the books in the world could contain them. So, uh, But thanks for your call, Anne, and uh, if you're 86, you're young in your heart. You're becoming more and more oh. like a child. That's what Jesus said, unless we become like children. <laughs> so that's the, the part of us that our faith helps us to grow we become more like children. Let the children come to me, and we think, well, he's not talking about us. He is. He is. Mm-hmm. St. John is. Well, old. I couldn't have made it without St. Anthony. Oh, I know that. So, so yeah, can I, I'm very grateful. Just to, just to jump in there, Anne, do you have, Anne, do you have one, one example of a way that uh, St. Anthony's intercession has, you've seen the fruits of that in your life? Uh, I can give you one right off the top of my head. Sure. Uh, when my one son was in high school, he had a complete breakdown. And uh, as he recovered, um, going back to school, they wanted to put him in the, whatever they call it, the top honors class. And I was too afraid that it would be too much pressure. And I was praying desperately to St. Anthony. And while I'm praying, uh, the phone rings. It's one of his former teachers who I hadn't talked to in a long time. And I told her what was going on. She says, you have to put him in that top class or he will be bored. And I just knew St. Anthony had her call me. And so that's what we did, and it worked out fine. Mm. And Thanks, uh, God. that's just a small one, but I've had, and he has gone on since then through master's engineering, and um, thanks to St. Anthony through wow. God's in, you know, help. So I don't know. That yeah, was a small know, one. I've had a lot of big ones. Right, and those are the ways that, uh, you know, faithful in small matters, God entrusts greater matters to us. I think sometimes we only pray when it's desperate, like, uh, you know, I th- we should pray about all the little things, but those we try to handle, and then we get to the big things, And but we really don't have any, you know, confidence. We don't have the faith that um, a thing is received according to the mode of the receiver, and I don't, I think that sometimes we pray in a way that we're not ready for whatever God could do and would do because we don't have that relationship with him, so we should pray always, especially about the little things, and then we'll just have more and more sense that God will take care of it. You know, he's been faithful in all these other ways, uh, but we, I think we put God to the test many times, and it's, it's an unfortunate situation when a prayer doesn't seem to be answered, then we just give up our faith. And um, But, Ann, that's a good one because, like you said, it's a little thing, but that, you know, like a lot of little things. When I was a kid, I, I just think that so many times we'd lose the baseball, and I would pray because Anthony is my middle name, and my mom taught me, you just say a little prayer, and I always would find it. And I, I look back and I... I know that was a seed that would help me to realize that prayer works. It always does. I mean, maybe not just that immediately. But like my one brother, he didn't pray that as often as I did, and then I would always find it before him. And so God wanted me to be a person who prays in my life, and he wants all of us to. But for whatever reason, he knew I would have to start earlier and uh, get with it so that I would have a life of prayer so that I could teach others how to pray and encourage them that the whole spiritual life depends on it. Good communication. We talk, but we also learn to listen. And listening is like leaning toward another person, trying to understand uh, not just what they're saying, but all the range of emotions and all the circumstances and so forth. So anyway, Anne, good for you and St. Anthony. Uh, If you get there before I do, you put in a good word for me and uh, (laughs) tell him hello. We all look forward to meeting these holy men and women 
And there are lots of saints up there that we don't even know yet. But mm. those that we do, what a privilege to begin a friendship um, even here on earth. Yeah, amen to that. And put in a good word for all of us uh, if you do get there before we do. So, um, yeah, thank you for your call. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure to hear from you about how St. Anthony has been such a meaningful part of your own spiritual journey. So let's go from Anne in St. Louis, Missouri, to Kathy, who's calling in from San Diego, California. Kathy, welcome to The Inner Life. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be able to speak with you all. I just uh, wanted to testify that St. Anthony, again, has been so much an integral part of my life, passed down from my grandmother to my mother, and praying for lost things. And um, so many miracles have happened. I think the most was the conversion of my daughter. Um, and I continue. I have medals that I pass on in my ministry at um, at church. I, I do the, the catechism with the kids, and I totally support St. Anthony devotions. Uh, it's the Companions of St. Anthony, which is just a wonderful, wonderful resource. Um, and anything from finding my dog that was lost to finding a parking place. <laughs> Crazy, but um, but the most significant is the conversion. And he he truly is my, you know, he, he responds. He responds to any kind of need for faith, loss of faith, or difficulties in times of stress. So I wanted to attest to that. Uh, right, and just the idea of the companions of St. Anthony, that's, uh, I have not heard that, but um, a great oh, opportunity. Yeah, and and I think that kind of summarizes, I mean, the communion that life is hard, especially in the faith, and so many times we feel alone and discouraged, and uh, we need someone mm-hmm. that, um, just to feel their their closeness, and St. Paul says not even death would separate us from the the love of Christ, and so we're there, that's where this, this friendship with the saints can be so uh, empowering and so encouraging, it's, and that's where... I mean, I know that sometimes people will say, do you worship the saints? No, they're just our friends. They're just uh, people that did it right. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of struggles, so they give us hope that we could still become a saint. We, it's not too late. It's not, you know, we don't want to live a, uh, a hopeless life. So they are the ones that convince us that don't give up, never give up, never get tired of starting again. You'll have to start over many times. All of us did, but don't get tired. And so we, right. we feel their encouragement and uh I mean, human beings do this all the time. I mean, we, we look to people that inspire us. So we have heroes in music or in, in uh, you know, like maybe it's in the life of the, the mind. You know, we love watching Jeopardy and the smartest person. We think, oh, I want to be like that. Or uh, Especially in sports. I mean, it's, um, you know, people follow these things. Uh, and that's not a bad thing to have someone we look up to. You know, someone that says, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I want to be like that too. Uh, we all do it. And that's a part of God's design for us. So, especially in the spiritual life, because I would say that's the most demanding, the most difficult, and uh, we're quickly uh, discouraged, and the devil, that's one of his great weapons. So the saints, uh, they're just kind of, hey, come on, hey, no, uh, no son's crying over spilled milk. I mean, why the long face? Come on. And they uh, are just there to show us by their lives, historically, uh, they kept going. I, I just watched a movie about St. Joan of Arc, and I love her line about, you know, I was born for this, and so... I'm unafraid. And she had all the oh the terrible things that they did to her and accused her of and everything else, but um, but she was true to Jesus. And, of course, he's true to her and to everyone. So, uh, Kathy, that's beautiful. Companions of St. Anthony, I'll have to look that up because um, anything that helps people, 
especially our kids, to know that the saints are real and they can talk to them and, uh, and get to know them. And they'll find that these are faithful friends. Amen. Well, Kathy, thank you for the call. Thank you that, uh, yes, we can, a good word that we can trust in the intercession of the saints on our behalf. We can, and we can trust that the Lord does respond to uh, the intercession that we beg of them. And especially, you know, St. Anthony around, he's, he's known as the lost things, as we've, as we've heard, as we, uh, many of us know, popular devotion. Um, but I do like, I thought Kathy had some unique insight there, Father, in that, uh, yeah, um, maybe it's not just lost material objects, but things like lost hope or lost faith as well. Um, St. Anthony might be a good go-to guy for that as well, right? Yeah, she mentioned conversion. Like, you yeah. know, when people she's praying for that they would, uh, you know, return to the Lord. Maybe they had once upon a time been faithful and fell away, or maybe they just never really uh, were given that kind of formation. And it's uh, it's easier for the children to receive it. Once we get older, uh, we get to a point where we're, we just, if we believe in God, it's sometimes just like a, he's a cop and sometimes kind of a mean cop. If you read much of the Old Testament, it looks like he's very vindictive and always out for vengeance. And uh, But when we're little, we're more able to see him as a good shepherd, that he knows his sheep, he knows their names. I mean, he knows every one of them. And then when they get lost, he doesn't give them a speech and yell at them. He just picks them up and puts them on his shoulder. He takes them home. He And we forget that about God, you know. We just... Where do we lose that? I don't know, but it's a part of uh, the damage of original sin that we sometimes we get suspicious of God. Like, I screwed up, and he's going to get me back. It's only a matter of time, and the other shoe is going to fall. Or, and that's not how God is. Jesus spent his whole public ministry just really trying to help us to understand what kind of a father God is and how he loves his children and how he has to sure that there's a right and a wrong and that you know we will reap what we sow, but... He never gives up on us, that he sent his son as a gift to save his people. And, uh, and Jesus said, Father, I lost not one of those that you entrusted to my care. And then about Jesus it says that having loved his own in the world, he loves us until the end. So uh, I think the saints, they had to come to that uh, realization that we're God's children. You know, yeah. we're old or young, uh, we're just his kids. And uh, <clears throat> kids get things mixed up all the time. But if yeah. they have a, a good parent... Um, the parent will straighten things out and make things right, and God, he is a perfect parent. Mm, amen to that. Our spiritual director today is Father Sam Martin from Holy Name of Jesus in Wausau, Wisconsin. And we're talking about St. Anthony of Padua, and I noted uh, that we have had two calls, one from Anne from St. Louis and one from Kathy from San Diego. So I think on this feast day of St. Anthony, uh, maybe somebody who's listening in San Antonio should call in. How about that? Because San Antonio is... According to the all-knowing inter- interwebs, was given its name on June 13, 1691. Uh, so the feast day of St. Anthony, and that was the day a Spanish expedition came to the river they called Rio San Antonio. So, uh, yeah, anybody in San Antonio wants to call in or anywhere else and share your story of how devotion to St. Anthony has borne fruit in your spiritual life, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, This is The Inner Life, and we are going to take a short break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Inner Life Friends here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond today. My thanks to our producer, Nick Sentovich, and Thomas Angeser, with, I think, a little help from Patrick Alog taking your phone calls today as we speak about St. Anthony of Padua with our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, from Holy Name of Jesus in Wausau, Wisconsin. Let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got Mark, who's calling in from Connecticut. Mark, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, love the show. Um, the whole whole station is fantastic. I'm an ambassador here for uh, for the radio station at my parish. A quick one on St. Anthony. Um, I, I work for a major aerospace company, and we have company cell phones. At the beginning of the pandemic, uh, only place I went was the grocery store early in the morning, and that was it. Uh, one day I was working in my office at home, and the phone was nowhere to be found. So my car has a common spot between the console and the seat where it slips down in there and it's on the floor underneath it. So I went out to the garage expecting it to be right there, reached in, nothing. This went on for almost two weeks. Now I was paranoid because we had to shut it down, scrub the phone. Uh, it was going to be a big ordeal. Um, I was listening to relevant radio and we happened to talk about St. Anthony, and it reminded me, and I got down on my knees, I prayed the prayer, and went out to the garage, and that place I had looked at over a dozen times for two weeks, the phone was right there. Well, it's, uh, I mean, better late than never, I guess, Mark, but that's uh, one of these things that, how do you explain it? You know, it's like, I was there, I, I right. but I've missed it, but um, yes, well, these are things no, that... It, I, uh, right, it was God, over a dozen times that I searched there, right. I just kept doing it, but as soon as I prayed to St. Anthony, it just popped right there. Yeah, now, well, you're convinced that uh, he's a good guy, and uh, we... Uh, I mean, there are lots of times where we're looking for things, but also for other situations, too, that pretty soon we see that he's not just the guy that can get you stuff. I mean, there's always that guy, I suppose. But he's the one that we start to have a, you know, a different disposition about, you know, I'm in a hurry here, and if you could help me, I'd appreciate it. So yep. it kind of starts to chip away at our own rugged independence, that I've got it all, that, I can handle it. That, oh, I got, um, that's, I what it actually, that's what it actually that's what it actually led to, because after that episode, even though I had heard about St. Anthony, I, I began to think about what you just said. And there was, you know, during a pandemic, sometimes faced with a struggle, and I just, you know, I was losing it, and I would pray to him and just find a, a brand new prayer or something would, would come right into my life to just get me focused. So, yes, I, he can give us, you know, many other things besides material. Yeah, it's just uh, it probably was a song, Get By With A Little Help From My Friends kind of thing, and I think... Um, the spiritual life requires that uh, you know that we recognize our limitations that we all need help and that's a hard thing but a lot of times we get into trouble when we stop receiving we're just giving giving doing doing and then that implies that i i kind of handle this i mean i got it and you know but if we nobody gets to heaven without a savior nobody can get you know to that final goal of our life without some help and uh actually we need a lot of it but god is uh he doesn't want us to get too discouraged or humiliated, so I suppose he has to gradually pull back the, the veil. In some cases, it's pretty abrupt. So Saul gets knocked off his horse, and then in one fell swoop realizes that he's, uh, he's you know, persecuting the God who gave his life to save him. And that's a pretty abrupt conversion. But for most of us, it's little things like this, Mark, where you're like, oh, I can ask for help and um, and actually receive it. I mean, okay. And then we start to see other areas of our life where maybe... I should pray more. Maybe I'm trying to white-knuckle this and, and be my old man, and I've got to handle it, get my ducks in a row, and uh, nobody ever. I mean, 
everyone in heaven is grateful. They're not there because they were really good. They're there because God is really good, and he saved them. They became really good, but they would say, like St. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God, that you think I did this? He did this for me. I was lost, and in Christ I was found. And the saints, maybe they help us to remember that uh, we're not. I mean, there is a God, and it's not us, you know, but uh, it doesn't hurt for us to ask for help. And in this case, Mark, something uh, rather remarkable happened. So uh, some of us be, I don't have any, you know, uh, the kind of phone that you have, so I'd be sometimes happy to lose it and never find it again. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks for your call, Mark. That's a beautiful story about St. Anthony. Yeah, thank you, Mark, for that. And I, I too think, Father, just like you were saying about that, there's a there's an analogical uh, connection between finding a material object that's lost and then thinking about how God finds the lost sheep. Well, and I think of even Luke 15, right? We have a parable of a lost coin and a lost sheep before we actually get to the parable of a prodigal son and a lost brother, a lost son as well. So, yeah, good stuff. Let's uh, let's keep going, though. Let's uh, go next to Joe, who's calling in from oh, another saint town, Santa Rosa, California. Joe, welcome to The Inner Life. Yes, hi there, gentlemen. Um, I just wanted to ex- explain a miracle that occurred for us. Um, we were... Um, evacuating the night of the terrible Tubbs fire that took 5,000 structures and a number of people were killed, but we did not have time to go to our horses. Um, And so as I was heading out on our driveway, I just said prayers uh, first to God, saying, if you take them, just please be merciful, don't let them suffer. And then I prayed to St. Anthony and St. Francis and St. Jude is saying, you know, we could use some help down here, you know, and I couldn't get in for two days uh, because the road road was blocked and trees were down and everything, but I got in with a, a veterinarian was out at the roadblock, and she said to the policeman, I'll go in with her because they weren't letting people in, but I said, I, I need to get in there. I need to know if they're okay. They need water and food if they're alive, and so we, he actually escorted us, the policeman, and as we approached the barn, there the, ho- the two horses are just standing there looking at us. And the veterinarian turned to me and she said, look, there was fire and smoke all around them, and they didn't run. Who was with them? And I said, well, no one. Uh, you know, we, we had to evacuate that night. And then she checked them, she, and she said, there's not a mark on them. And, you know, she said not only was there fire and smoke around them, but things blew into the burning things blew into the corral and they still didn't run i mean horses panic so she asked again who was with them and i just kind of pointed up uh, and it was just incredible that the barn didn't burn our home burned down um everything else was gone but i was so grateful and i knew that they were they had company that night i'm quite sure and i i did say to her i told her about my prayers and i don't know even if she was christian or not because i just met her at the roadblock um but also i wanted to mention i was able to to go to saint anthony's in padua um and i i don't know i it happens that i'm born on his feast day today's my birthday but when i walked into that and i i believe that he would have been much too humble to want a huge cathedral like that, but I was so moved when I walked in, and I just burst into tears. I, I just felt 
his presence, and he's been a big part of my life, especially um, in my adult years, and I'm still praying to him <laughs> and the other saints many days a week. That's a great story, and, and sorry, you know, for the loss, but, you know, when life is entrusted to our care, if it's human or, you know, in the animal world, I think you probably you had a heavy heart leaving that night, and, um, you know, any farmer knows what you went through, but then to come back and to see that something that even a veterinarian that whatever her background is like uh, this doesn't make any sense i mean this uh, should have had a very different ending and uh probably that's a movie we'll get to watch someday and uh we'll hear about the rest of the you know, oh this by the way and um, maybe the saints that were a part of it uh, would tell you this is uh, what the lord asked us he gave us permission uh to make this intervention and we did and uh, we knew that you would see it because you asked and so once again, I mean, I think that's the whole idea of prayer is it changes our hearts. It doesn't change God. He can't change. He's perfect. And, uh, but we can. And the more we start to talk to the saints, that these were men and women who prayed. And if you're around people like that, it starts to rub off on us. I think that's the whole point. It's like spend time with good people, and you might be challenged to become a better person. We kind of hang out with the, the bottom feeders. That can pull us down. I mean, that we're, we're kind of crowd pleasers. So get in the right crowd. You know, join the saints. I mean, they, they finish their course, and they're happy to help us finish ours because they know what we're going through. They know the frustration and the fear and the discouragement that is a part of human existence, but they also know the glory of heaven. So, uh, And I love, you know, that you felt his presence in Padua. That, uh, yeah, there, and people say the same about Assisi and places that, it's like the signal is stronger. I mean, somehow in some places and some people, uh, heaven is closer to earth, and we can feel that. We can sense that. I was just with poor Claire Nuns last week, and I told them that, that the spirit of St. Claire and all the things that happen in her life is alive. And these nuns that live eight centuries after she did, and I said it's just nice to come to a place where you feel in a very fallen world with all the things that are unsettling that it's got a happy ending. Don't forget, it's, the gospel is still good news for everyone, whether they know it or not. And uh, Joe, you do. And uh, so I'm really happy to hear your story and uh, and your beautiful devotion. Someday when we meet the saints that we talk to an awful lot, I wonder if they're going to say, hey, thanks. You know, you are one of my biggest fans. And uh, I was always given permission by God to help you. And uh, I've been looking forward to this. So someday we'll know. God bless you, Joe. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for the call. And Father, I got to tell you, um, people are filled with great stories of St. Anthony's intercession because our phone lines are full, but our time, unfortunately, is empty. Um, so we've got a lot of we got a lot of uh, people who have been waiting to say their stories. Sorry, we couldn't get you to you today. But uh, carrying on from what Joe just said, uh, we also had Mike calling in as a new Catholic, uh, talking about how his visit to Padua was extremely influential and memorable for him as well. Well, Father, we've reached the end of our time, and as you know, we always like to close with a blessing. So if you please. Almighty God, bless everyone listening and all your family and friends, your intentions, especially people who are lost through the intercession of St. Anthony. May they be found. May God bless you now and forever, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, Father, Father uh, excuse me, Father Sam Martin, thank you so much for being our spiritual director today, Father. Good to spend the time with you. Thank you for joining us here on The Inner Life today. 
Go ahead and honor St. Anthony. Send some prayers up his way, especially not just for lost material objects, but also for lost souls, that he might find them and help them return to the Lord. Father Matt Seminar is coming up next with the Holy Sacrifice in the Mass. Join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life as we investigate what is canon law. That's coming up tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in today. God bless you.